I think I've used that term fine line, you know, between a groove and a rut. And I really think that that's true um, because the teams are, man, competitive. Um, so I, I, I think that's, it's what we saw with Detroit a year ago when we watched them with their slow start. And, and uh, so the focus has been on us. Welcome in everybody to a special edition of the Not Another Bucking podcast. I'm Nick Cosmite, your host, Broncos beat reporter, joined in this post-game wrap-up edition with producer Cos. And this is a special edition because it's the Broncos beating the Chiefs, something that had not happened since the second Obama administration in 2015. Um, the Broncos had dropped 16 in a row to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they end that streak today. Adam Powerfield at mile high, 24 to 9. Russell Wilson, even within a conservative game plan, throws three touchdown passes. The Broncos forced five takeaways, um, most turnovers the Chiefs have had since 2018. They harass Patrick Mahomes. They play great keep away uh, in the second half, pounding the run, uh, capitalizing on those turnovers. And the end result is a 24-9 win that moves the Broncos to 3-5 and five as they fall into their bye week. Uh, when they get back on um, November 13th, they'll go to Buffalo to face the Bills on a Monday night game. Um, but Matt, this this one is it, just all about all about the streak. And and while players players downplayed it after the game, right? They've said, "Listen, this is um this is a new team. We were this team was 0-1 against the Chiefs, and that's the way that you have to have that mindset." But for players. In the, on this team that have been through so much of that, and even some of them who aren't, who have kind of felt from their teammates, you know what it what it's sort of been like. That that that's it's an anchor, and and as as much as you know they they try to try to pretend that it's just you know just another game, um, getting something like that off your shoulders is a big deal. And 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 I don't think that the Broncos can really start going forward until they have something, something like that. It's, it's a win you can point to and say, you know, this is kind of proof of concept, right? We ran the football. We, we, we played relatively clean football. Um, we, we, we were really competitive in all three phases of the game. Um, and we got the job done at home and where it goes from here, we will find out. But I just think this is the kind of staple win that if the Broncos actually kind of get on a roll and, and they start to kind of turn the tide, whether it's, you know, fully getting there this year or, or, or going into next season. This feels like a game that you're going to look back on and say for a lot of reasons, um, this was pretty pivotal. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The Sean Payton talked about kind of getting a little bit of momentum going as you're getting into the bye week. So, you know, you're coming off of two wins. And even in the game before that against the Broncos, the defense played phenomenal. I mean, the defense in two games against the Chiefs gave up 28 points like that. And even Mahomes, yeah, right. And even after the game, Patrick Mahomes is talking about, he's like, you know, the, we, they have to go watch film because other teams are going to be watching what the Broncos did over these last two games to look to replicate that. So I think that the secondary for the Broncos is probably the unit that has made the biggest strides in the last few weeks and getting, getting some of those guys back from injury, getting Justin Simmons back and getting, uh, PJ Law are getting locked back. Like those were some players who were making really, really good plays today. Jaquan McMillan played his played a hell of a game today. Um, who's someone, you know, he's the nickelback, but like 
when I see those guys, those those nickelbacks, like the small little scat cornerbacks coming up and making big stops in the run game or in like the screen game, it's like, yes, this is like the defense finally starting to hit its stride. And that's what I love to like. I want to see more of that from this team, more of that aggressive defensive thing, because the way that the Broncos can play when they have a lead and when they have when they have momentum compared to when they're trailing and trying to come back, like that's just not what this team's designed to do. So like seeing the Broncos get a lead and being able to play with that like smash mouth football. Like that was fun to watch today. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I kind of like hung on something you said about Mahomes saying that, Hey, we're going to have to adjust because teams are going to find out what the Broncos did. The thought that teams would be modeling themselves after a Broncos <laughs> defense. Like if you had said that back at the end of September, when they gave up 70 points and a loss to the Miami dolphins, you'd be thinking like, this 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 defense is like the last thing you would you would you would look to. They were on a historically inept pace. But Matt, since week four, this team and and week four wasn't a banner week um, for the Broncos. But we're we're throwing that in there to kind of get you know just sort of look at the results since that Miami debacle. Since week four, this is the number three red zone efficiency defense in the NFL. They have the second most takeaways in the NFL with eleven. Um, and they're, they're top 10 in, in third down defense. They're top 10 in sacks. Um, this is a defense that has really turned, turned the tide. I mean, when you're talking about where they were in that game and then again, in, even in the game they won against the bears, um, in which they gave up four touchdowns. Um, this is a, this is a team that is really, really starting to write the ship. And there's a lot of things that you can, you can point to. But man, like Justin Simmons being back, like it's starting to be now where you look at what they've done um, really since week since week five and where they were in those the Dolphins and Bears games that he did not play. And it's becoming more and more clear just how pivotal he is to like what they're doing, both in his individual just like awareness and his, his ability to make plays. He's had two picks since he came back. He's he recovered a fumble today as well but also just in the way that he is able to get guys aligned, have them feel confident in the spaces that they're in. I, I thought one of the things that was really noticeable about the Broncos today is, you know, the, the Chiefs have this just storm of pre-snap motions and, and misdirections, and the Broncos were just staying home by and large, you know, all the time. Like, you're going to get beat by the Chiefs on, on, on something here and there. Like, you're going to get caught going one way, and they, they throw it back. Those things are going to happen. Um, but, but by and large, they were really disciplined, stayed home on all this kind of eye candy type stuff. And that has been a hallmark of this team since, uh, Justin Simmons came back. Of course, he's, he's not one to take credit for any of it. He said, I, I thought the way that Vance Joseph mixed up his calls with the blitzes today against Patrick Mahomes was, was excellent. He gave the, the, the defensive front a lot of credit. They had three sacks today. Two of those came in sort of that last gasp drive for the Chiefs. But even before they started kind of piling up sacks at the end, that they were they were pressuring effectively. They were moving Patrick Mahomes off his spots. And on a day where he obviously physically wasn't feeling well, um, they, they just were able to take advantage of a lot of that. And so when you start to look forward and say, hey, you have a defense now that's going to give you a chance. This is this is what we thought this defense was going to be at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think that's what, that's what made those first couple weeks such a surprise. But the more you look at it, the more you say, hey, you, you got you got uh, Justin Simmons back. Other guys are getting more and more comfortable with the scheme. You put all that together and say, hey, this defense is going to be good enough. We know this offense has improved 
Um, I mean, Russell Wilson already has 15, 16 touchdown passes. That's how many he threw last year. <laughs> so, like, this offense is is better. They're running the football. Javante Williams over the last three weeks um, has looked really, really good and and able to carry load. He had 27 carries today, career high. So I just think they they now they kind of have a proof of concept of, like, this is the complementary component of a game plan that we can put together. Yeah, and talk a little bit about Justin Sims, like you're saying. I thought it was fitting that he was the one who kind of got that walk-off, essentially interception off Mahomes, because he's kind of seems to have Mahomes' number now, five interceptions against him by the most by any player in the NFL. But I also thought it was interesting, earlier in the week, kind of re- – are reacting to last week's game, you talked to Josie Jewell and you asked about uh, Baron Browning coming back in and how Jos- how Jewell was talking talking up about how Browning was coming in with energy and playing fast off the edge and that he really does a great job bringing it together. And he had another great game today, two sacks, the strip fumble. Uh, like He was a guy who, coming off the edge who also kind of gave that big lift to the, the Broncos defense today. And I thought that his performance, again, for the last two weeks has also been part of what's stepping that defense up to the next level. Yeah, 100%. Baron Browning has been kind of a revelation in just these two weeks. I mean, he he came in against the Packers, made his debut last week, was on a snap count, I think just 26 snaps, but had four pressures within those 26 snaps, including a quarterback hit like on his second or third um, pass rush snap of the game. And then you saw it from the very beginning today. He just, he is a load. He, he and, and, and they've gotten, they're setting the edge a lot better in the run game. And that's something he's only going to help more with um, just because he's the most, you know, kind of big and physical guy that they have playing on that edge. But, you know, look, I, I think this is a team that that they viewed sort of, you know, getting rid of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, given where those guys were at in their careers, what, what they might've wanted in their situation versus what the Broncos wanted to see from their young guys sort of viewed, you know, the, you know, the trade of Gregory and the release of Clark as, as addition by subtraction. And given the way that they have performed since they made those changes, it's kind of hard to argue that the Broncos are, 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 are getting pressure. These young guys who, um, you know, just sort of had these kind of bit roles, Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito, even Baron Browning to a degree are now just getting let loose and they're playing with confidence. And I think you're starting to see that build. I also think Matt Zach Allen has played a lot better the last few weeks. He was, he was dynamite today. He, he was really a load uh, for, for that chiefs front. Um, especially in the red that, zone. Yeah. Especially in the red zone. You're right. Where the chiefs in, in eight red zone trips in these two games against the Broncos scored one touchdown. Um, that is tough to do against the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid offense. Like, so again, I just, I just think that is, that is just what gives you confidence. And I mean, you talk about the odds now they're, they're three and five. It's still a massive hill to climb. And, and I just can't think today. I'm like, gosh, if, if you won one of those Raiders or Commanders games week one or two, you, you look back and you just say, man, four and four, you're feeling like we can do this. Like this is pretty, this is pretty wide open. And it's, you know, not to say that they're mathematically out now um, and, and beating a Chiefs team. That, that That's one where you look at the schedule. You don't, you know, you didn't really have that checked off as one. Um, it gives you a chance that their, their hole is still probably too deep to overcome. Um, but again, I think this team is a lot more now looking like a team that's like, Hey, this is this is sort of the start of our build where we're really going to be able to, to play competitive football. We'll see what happens, but a um, lot closer to that than they are a team that's going to be fighting for, you know, um, a, a top selection in the draft. True. And I mean, you look at, but I mean, so the team has some momentum going into the bye coming off a couple wins, but then you're playing against Buffalo who has been good, but not as good as previously have. They've kind of been playing at the level of their competition quite a bit this season. 
Then you get Minnesota, who likely are going to be starting a backup quarterback for that week. And then the Cleveland Browns, who have been good on the ground. And then you get Houston Texans, Los Angeles Chargers. There's some teams that a good yeah. football team can beat. Vikings with no Kirk Cousins now. Right. So there's some some teams that can or that a good team can beat. Does that mean that the Broncos continue that momentum and beat them? I don't know, but I, it was nice to see them kind of overcoming some adversity today. So, I, you know, for for example, come down near the end of the first half. So oh, man. you get oh, my the, God. oh man, you get the turnover. You think it oh we're gonna get some points. We're gonna you know back to get the two for one at the end of the half and then get the ball. You know, you get the turnover and then you give it right back. And nine seconds later, Patrick Mahomes has them in field goal range. And, you you know, you get a, at least a six-point swing there. And the Broncos do one of the things that over the last couple of years has been very dangerous. They brought a lead into halftime, which they don't usually win games where they're leading at halftime. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, you know, so then, so then, like, you know, you watch the start of the second half and it's like, what the Broncos are moving the ball at the start of the second half? Yeah. They drive down. Yeah. They're going to get get a field goal, and the field goal gets blocked. And you're just like, "It's happening again." <laughs> I've seen this script before. I've read this one, but you know the team like had that adversity. But even with that, they fought back. The defense played really well in the second half. Um, you know, and the you know, if you, but you're thinking at halftime with three turnovers and only a five point lead that you're not feeling super comfortable. But the turnovers continued. The defense continued to play really well. And that team overcame kind of that that difficulty and, and still came out with the win today. Yeah, I feel like I got to talk about that again for a second because I like I have never like watching this team. You know, you you like I'm, I'm a writer. I'm there to report what happens to give context to write. I, I'm not emotionally invested into this thing, right? It's it's a matter of like helping people understand what's going on with the team, giving your analysis, giving your insight. But I found myself like angry by that sequence at the end of the first half. And just to kind of like more clearly set that up, the Broncos are leading 14 to six. Um, the The Chiefs had been driving. They got inside the red zone with with less than a minute to go. And so they're, they're looking to set up at least a field goal, if not um, scoring a touchdown that could, you know, either pull them to with, within one or, or tie the game. And then Baron Browning strips Patrick Mahomes. It gets recovered by Jonathan Cooper at Denver's 30-yard line with 48 seconds to go. So, again, Broncos have an eight-point lead. They got the ball in their own 30. There's a little less than a minute to go. You say, hey, we can drive um, and, and maybe get uh, get a field goal here. And then the Broncos get a, a three-yard gain, and, and Kansas City calls a timeout with 38 seconds to go. And you're like, oh, why are they like why are they giving Denver more opportunity to like go down the field? Um, th- then uh, Russell Wilson passes to Mims. They get zero yards. It's, it's, uh, it's now third and seven. Kansas City has taken a, a, a timeout with 33 seconds to go. Um, and you're like, oh, that's why they took timeouts. Well, on third and seven, Russell Wilson hits Samaj P. Ryan, gets out of bounds after a 10-yard gain um, to give them a first down at their own 43. And so there's 26 seconds to go. Um, they're, they're nearing midfield. They st- the Broncos still have two timeouts. And you're, like, you're thinking, okay, they're going to they're gonna have a chance to, to, to kick a long field goal. But what happens on third and four uh, from at, at about midfield with only 16 seconds to go, the Broncos drop back and Russell Wilson gets sacked and fumbles the football. With nine seconds to go, the Chiefs recover it again near midfield. And you just know at that point they're going to get a big gain, 11 yards at Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon. And then Harrison Butker kicks a 56-yard field goal to cut it to 14-9. to nine. I'm telling you, Matt, I said this is this – it was what happened essentially in Kansas City – 
right. in the game on, on the Thursday night game. They the Broncos were going for a potential field goal. They get sacked. Um, in that instance, they then punted, but the punt was awful, and they got a penalty on it. And the Chiefs hit two big plays to get to within range for a sixty-yard field goal plus that gets made. And you're just thinking like. How do you let this happen again? How does Russell Wilson, a guy with 12 years in the league, not understand that situation better, allow himself to be vulnerable enough to fumble the football in that situation? I swear to you, I thought that that was going to be the deciding part of the game. Like, And so, again, it's like it's credit to the Broncos that they had a better stomach for it <laughs> than I did because, yeah, you and, and you felt that because you're like, okay, they, they get the ball to start the third quarter, the Broncos do, but how many times in this situation have they gone three and out? And to your point – they didn't. They even though they got that field goal blocked, which they were they were irate still after the game, saying that that was a, an offside penalty on Jason Reed, um, you know, who jumped the snap to get that block. Um, but but either way, they took more than seven minutes off the clock in driving down there, and that was the start of what became just a ball dominant second half by the Broncos. Of the first twenty minutes or so of the second half, the Chiefs possessed the ball for only three and a half minutes, like. They, they had a they had a relatively short drive that ended in a punt after the blocked field goal. And then McCole Hardman, as we mentioned earlier, muffed the punt um, in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs were about to get the ball back down 14 to nine with a chance to go down and, and potentially take the lead. Instead, Hardman fumbles. Drew Sanders, the rookie linebacker, recovers. And then Russell Wilson hits uh, Cortland Sutton for the touchdown. Sutton's sixth of the year, tying his career high already um, to, to put Broncos up. Uh, 24 to nine, I'm sorry, 21 to nine. They later added a field goal to give you the final score. Um, but yeah, Matt, I just thought that the way that they played ball dominant football in the second half was really impressive because they weren't, it wasn't as if they were like just getting huge chunks in the run game, but they stayed to it. 40 carries today uh, against only 19 passes for Russell Wilson. Of course they dropped back a lot more. He was sacked six times, but 19 pass attempts, to 40 rushes for the Broncos, uh, season-high 153 yards. The 19 pass attempts by Russell Wilson, his fewest since 2013, his second year in the NFL. Um, we knew that was the kind of game plan that they were going to uh, have. But, Matt, I got to toot my own horn a little bit because earlier this week I said, I wrote a piece about, hey, about, hey this, is, you, this is the game plan you have to play against the Chiefs. You have to try to keep Mahomes off the field, get you know um, run the football, Get, get manageable third down situations, try to convert them. Broncos were, uh, you know, a decent six of 14 today on third down. But I said, you have to incorporate these, uh, some deep shots into the game because the Broncos played this ultra conservative game plan, still turned the ball over three times, still took four sacks, still had four passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. So they, you know, so you didn't even get the the, the fruits of all these mistakes that had happened. You didn't have the, even the, the risk of having something good happen out of it. Today, I thought they, hit, they they had some really well-timed deep shots. Jerry Judy, 39 yards in the second quarter. Uh, Cortland Sutton helped jumpstart that third quarter drive that ultimately ended in a blocked field goal with a 23-yard, just amazing contested catch. Um, he also drew a, well, he drew a penalty on that play, uh, but also drew a DPI on a play later uh, in, in the second half. I, I, so I just thought mixing that in, getting a few chunks, really helped them get in a position where they could could actually cross the goal line. Yeah, I want to go back to that Jerry Judy catch, the 39-yarder, because, like, yeah. those like those kinds of plays, like, those are the kinds of plays that you want from a first-round pick of your wide receiver. Like, the dude, I don't know how high that dude jumped. They have to have the analytics somewhere. Like, 
that dude went up and got that ball. Like that, he looked like he cleared like five feet up in the air. Yeah, I said that and might like, be a moment, but that was maybe one of the best catches of his career for sure. Right, and then like you know, so talking about things that you and I can't do, he goes up like five feet in the air to catch that ball. Then he comes a few plays later, catches the touchdown, and starts dancing. Another thing that you and I can't do, but but I also I, I don't know exactly what that dance was. You said something about a shark. It looked a little odd to me, but you know it's just good to see Jerry Judy find the end zone and and have some energy and having some fun in that first half. That was good to see, and that drive was big because it you know up fourteen three at that point. Yeah. Like that's that like that gave that team a lot more faith, a lot of, a little bit of cushion going into the second half that they ended up being able to use and take advantage of. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought they just complement. It was it was the most complete complimentary game that they've played. Uh, you know, the other the huge special teams play was right out of the gate. The Broncos win the toss. They defer. So Chiefs get it first. They force a, a, a three and out in which they're they're just flying around the football. Nick Benito, after kind of pressuring Patrick Mahomes on the third down play, it's kind of all up in his face. They're, they're John Adams saying, "Hey, I'm gonna you know be here all day," kind of thing. And then the, the, the punt that Marvin Mims gets, gets a chance to return, takes it back 31 yards. I mean, this guy is already one of the most dynamic returners in the NFL. He, he There's not a punt that he has returned this year that has gone for less than 11 yards. And you take away you take away his one muff punt against the Jets, which was, was a killer. Um, but this guy, by and large, has just been excellent in the return game. Um, and obviously also has a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, in week three against the Dolphins, um, just has been everything you could imagine, everything you could want in that role, and that helped set them up for a short field because their first drive they had no play longer than nine yards, but they just sort of kind of just kept chipping away. And I thought that was pretty indicative of what the day ended up becoming for Denver was just like, hey, we're just going to grind this out. And this the offensive line was they were loving it. Like Quinn Miners had these plays where he's getting up, he's signaling first down, and then later in the game. Mike McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles were doing the same thing. Screen it was just play there. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I just, they were talking about it afterward. Like this is the kind of game that you love to play as an offensive lineman. And yeah, there were, there were some sacks. There were some, some breakdowns and protection. Again, I just think some of that is on, some of that is on Russell Wilson and some of it you're just going to have to live with. Um, yeah. But, there was, there was one play like in the, the first drive of the third quarter Bowles. Uh, he's, he's blocking on, on Carl Loftus and, he bought like, you know, he it's drops back, blocks him five seconds. He releases. And then like, he like turns around and he sees Russell still has the ball. And he's just like, Oh, <laughs> and you know, you're like, that's, that's just Russell Wilson. Sometimes like he, like those off schedule plays, you know, require him to hold the ball. But sometimes that means that he's going to get sacked seven seconds after the snap. And you're just going to kind of have to take those this offense. You need to have as few as possible. Um, but you know, that I just, I saw that Bulls was like, Oh yeah. I know. I was kind of surprised by the number. Like when I went back and looked at it, maybe it's because, you know, there, there was a couple, once they got that lead that they were just a little bit more comfortable taking, I guess. And it was, it was six sacks, but for, for 27 yards. So you're, you know, you're looking at that and that's like just a little bit over four yards per sack. So it wasn't as if outside of the one that he fumbled at the very end of the second quarter, that, that was the, that was the one devastating play of the game. Uh, but the rest of them, they just weren't, you know, they weren't very, super loud. You know, right. you had the one where like he slid as he was running, he slid to stay in bounds and Carl Loftus gets an extra right. sack for that. Um, right. So the numbers look a little worse than they otherwise would, but 
one other thing I wanted to touch on, we talked kind of, you and I were talking earlier in the week as we're getting into this about the potential for, you know, six to 14 inches of snow and, you know, how when you have a, a, a game like that or a streak like this where you've lost so many in a row, you welcome any variable you can get. Um, and today that, you know, the it ended up being pretty relatively good weather and kind of the one time that that kind of played into the game, it seemed like, was when the the Broncos decided to punch the ball from the 36-yard line instead of kick a 54-yard field goal. Something that they would, you know, you Will Lutz has the leg to kick a 54-yard field goal, but with gusty winds and a cold ball, oh, we're just going to go ahead and punt it. And, you know, McCall Harbin a few minutes, or, you know, muffs that, and that turns into a really big thing. So one of those little small variables of the weather that, you know, the ball bounce, sometimes the ball bounces your way, sometimes the ball bounces into a receiver's hands behind you with the – Know, like it did in the Packers game, but you know, that was one of those situations where you take that variable, you take that win any way you can get in the NFL. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was a really good point. Um, you know, because yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, it was fourth and 17 from, from the 36. So obviously if you're in that part of the field and it's a manageable fourth down, like you, you probably say like this in this weather, maybe we, we go for it, but I thought with, without being able to reach it, um, on a play, right. You're not getting a, picking up a fourth and 17. I, I thought they'd kick the field goal. Obviously Will Lutz has shown that he has that kind of leg. He's been in a pretty good rut. And if you make that, you make it an eight point lead. But I think some of the calculus there was like, Hey, I, we like the way that our defense is playing. The last thing we want to maybe do is give the chiefs some of this, like just, you know, short field, easy momentum, go down and it, you, you, you miss that. They go down and score on a really short field. And all of a sudden you're losing the game. Um, you know, it's, it's part of the calculus was like, Hey, if, if they're going to go down and, and take it and score a touchdown, um, to take the lead on us, let's make them go all the way down the field, especially the way you're like, you've been taking the ball away. Um, I, I think they just felt pretty good about the way that they were playing defensively, which again, is like, you go back and look at this, you, you know, didn't really see that materializing for this team this quickly, um, in terms of how fast they've turned it around. Um, but yeah, obviously the, the decision to kick it. Uh, worked out really well for the Broncos after Drew Sanders recovered at the 10 yard line, two plays later, um, Russell Wilson to Cortland Sutton. So yeah, just, again, it just kind of goes back to that, you know, to that complimentary football. And sometimes you, you make your own luck. And I thought the Broncos did that today. Yeah. The weather did not ultimately end up being a factor outside of the, outside of the fact that it was really cold. I had a couple of friends that were at the game talking about how it was really actually a pretty awesome atmosphere, um, you know, in, in the stands and, even though there was about 12,000 no-shows um, today that it felt full. It, it, it was the most kind of electric environment that they've had there in quite a while. And so we'll see, Matt, we'll see where this goes. Um, I, you know, the, the last thing to touch on, I think, is that we now have the trade deadline that's um, coming up on, on Tuesday. And, and Sean Payton was asked probably for the last time about, um, you know, what that will, you know, what, what that looks like for the Broncos. And, you know, he kind of continued to say, listen, when you, when you're in a position like we are, you have people calling and, and picking up the phone is the professional thing to do. Um, but we are, you know, we, we are not, you know, we don't feel like we're sellers. We're, we're, we're feeling good about who we have and what we're trying to do. And so I, I think it's a lot easier to take that stance after a win like this, in which some of the guys that, um, that are, that have been talked about trade wise, you, you, you lose any of them. And then all this momentum and, and any kind of hope you have of like, going out there and playing well probably goes out the window. Like you need Jerry Judy on this team. If you're going to do anything, you need Josie Jewell, you need Justin Simmons. So it's just like, you know, where they're at now, actually trying to turn this thing around. You can't really say you're doing that with a straight face. If you end up trading one of those guys. 
So no, I, yeah, I agree. Peyton, Sean Payton made it clear that he doesn't think the team's going to be buying either. And I think that's probably the right bet given the lack of draft capital this team has, yeah. but they, they aren't going to be giving guys away just for any kind of, or for minimum compensation. So I think yeah, you'll part, have to be blown away. And we just haven't seen, we just haven't seen that around the league of teams that are like, you know, taking that, those kind of huge swings, you know, like, uh, you know, Kevin Bayard went for a fifth and a sixth round pick from, from the Titans to the Eagles. Um, you know, but the Eagles obviously gave, gave back a, a safety in that deal, Terrell Edmonds, who was a former first round pick himself. So, you know, I, I think Justin Simmons would fetch a little bit higher than that, but I, I just, you're just not seeing the deals out there that are like blowing, blowing teams away who are actually like in the seller's market. And so unless that's, unless that changes, unless somebody's coming after you, Come, coming to say, hey, I'll give you a first round pick for Jerry Judy because I'm we're near the top and we think this guy can put us over the top. Um, you know, th- then maybe that's that's a decision. But but the way that it's gone now, the way that they've closed in front of this trade deadline going into their buy, um, it, it it looks like it's shaping up to be a much a much quieter Tuesday. Which hey, bye week, that's cool with me, man. I'm I'm ready to take <laughs> a little bit of time off. But um, we uh, we'll be back next week. We will still have we'll have a midweek episode. We we will not have obviously our post game episode. Um, next week, but then we will additionally be back for a midweek episode going into the Bills game and then and then post-game reaction um, from, from there on the scene in Buffalo as well. Um, so thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the Broncos' streak-busting win against the Chiefs. Please remember to subscribe, uh, tell a friend, leave a review, let us know what you think. Uh, until then, see you next time. Thanks for listening.